So a couple of things, obviously it's Thanksgiving week and uh, a bunch of the writers start off writing uh, scripture and they say things like this to the people they're writing to. They say, hey, uh, I know you already know these things, but it would be good if I remind you. And that's essentially what I'm doing here today. It's Thanksgiving. We realize we should be thankful. You know, we've all bought napkins with turkeys on them that say give thanks. You know, like we got it this week. Uh, we have that understood. Uh, but it is something that it's good for us to remind ourselves that God called us to be grateful people. And, uh, you know, there's the whole saying, all the cliches of we need attitudes of gratitude and all that stuff. And as that can become sort of like a church bumper sticker, it is really designed to be the core of who we are. Uh, God put things in place for us to be um, the best kind of people we can be. He said, I came to give you life and give it to you better. And here are some ways that you do that. And one of those things is how we live grateful. We live thankful for uh, the things that God has blessed us with. And uh, we all know that with our kids. You know, we, we raise our kids in a way that we love to spoil them. We love to take care of them. We love to bless them. We love to, but whenever you see it go from, uh, you know, we've been given, we've been given, and we see it turn to spoiled and bratty and unthankful. How many of you know, as the father, as the parent, you, you just say, hey, this isn't okay that it's got to this point. We need to make sure that some thanksgiving remains in our kids and that some gratefulness. And, you know, we all ballot all the time, especially if we have kids. They, how many of you know they have too many toys and they don't play with enough? And, you know, and what are we doing as parents? We're trying to make sure that what gratuity and, and gratefulness remains in our kids. Amen? Well, God is the same way in our life. He desires to see you blessed. He desires to see you have nice things. He desires to see your business succeed and your family to thrive. He desires all those things, but he's not going to allow those things to happen at the sake of us becoming spoiled and unthankful and ungrateful. There's balance in it. Amen. Psalm 35, 27 says, let them shout for joy and be glad that favor my righteousness or my righteous cause. Yes, let them continually, let them say continually, let the Lord be magnified, which has pleasure in the prosperity of his servant, or one translation says, of his people. God's desire, and he gets pleasure from seeing us prosper and grow. And so I'm not saying, oh, it's Thanksgiving week, and we need to talk about how we all have too much, and you know we need to get rid of stuff, and we all need to live poor, and that's not what we're talking about today. What we're talking about is having an understanding of what we have and an appreciation for all that God has provided for us. Amen? Luke chapter 17, uh, this is the real famous Thanksgiving chapter, if you will, uh, begins to talk about the lepers in Scripture uh, who came back to say thank you and some who didn't. So we're going to look at it because there's some truths in here that I think you might not have seen before. So Luke chapter 17, verse 11, it says, Now on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee, as he was going into a village, 10 men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, master, have pity on us. Verse 14, when he saw them, he said, go show yourselves to the priest. And as they went, they were cleansed. Uh, that's just a little side note for us in here. Notice that they didn't wait for perfect conditions to be obedient. They went obediently and got their miracle along the way. Amen. Many of us wait for everything to be perfect before we start the process. And he's saying, hey, you just go and do what I tell you to. You'll get your healing along the way. Amen. Sometimes we don't have to wait for everything to be the perfect scenario. We just got to go in obedience and God will handle the rest. Amen. But that's a different thing. You get, that's your Thanksgiving bonus material there that's for free. Uh, and then it says this. It says, one of them, when he saw he was healed, came back praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. 
and he was a Samaritan. So a Samaritan is, if we could put it in modern day, it wasn't a Jew. It was an unchurched person. It was someone who wasn't raised in the knowledge of Jesus and all of this. And so it's saying, here comes a person who comes back, throws himself at Jesus' feet. And when uh, the writers say the way that he did it was in a way that it was like, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Wouldn't stop. He threw himself at Jesus' feet. Thank you, thank you, thank you. In a consistent, continual place of thank you. And then Jesus asked this question. In verse 17, were not all 10 cleansed? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise to God except for this foreigner? And then he said, rise and go, your faith has made you well. They're believing about this person that Jesus literally had to pick him up from a place of thankfulness and send him on his way. He literally was so overcome with thanksgiving and thankfulness and gratitude that he laid at Jesus' feet in a way that he said, look, you gotta get up and go. You've been made well. You need to go on your way. Why? Because he had been so set free from a scenario that he was going to position and posture his life to ever be in thanksgiving. Now, what was he set free from? Leprosy, a lot of us don't understand with medical technology and all the different things. But in this time, if you came down with leprosy, you literally, uh, and I'll be careful how I share in detail, but it's literally one of the nastiest things you can read of. Your skin rots away and your muscle rots away and your bones decay. And there's terrible stench that's associated because think of it, your skin, you're literally decaying while you're alive. And so what happens is they take those people and they say, hey, listen, uh, you're dangerous to society. You can't be around people. And so we're gonna send you aside. We're gonna cast you out from where you were. And essentially you have to live in this place to die. And uh, they put it in a place of town where, you know, literally people can't uh, go through that way because of the smell and the odor. And I'm sure all the other things that go with decaying flesh. And so that was their life. What's hard for us to understand is if I were to tell you about a terminal illness, hey, you have this, you're going to die. Our reaction would be, you know, to pull our family in. Oh, I'm going to die. I need my family closer I need to spend more time with my kids. I need to do this. But in their situation, it was the opposite. They were told, hey, you're going to die. You have this situation. Uh, You're never going to see your kids. You don't get to spend time with your family. You've been completely put on the outskirts because of this thing. And what's interesting for me in this scripture is that the parallel between not being thankful or selfishness or however you'd say it, the lack of being grateful is paralleled with leprosy. Because isn't it interesting about our life that the same thing happens when we let ungratefulness, when we let selfishness get into our life that really starts to stink in our life, that really starts to decay our life, that really starts to pull us away from our families, pull us away from our loved ones. It really starts to get us in a position that we're isolated, right? How many are with me? ungrateful, negative people, what do you want to do to them? You say, just, just get out of my sight, get out of my place. I don't want that type thing around me. Amen. And so it's interesting to hear that it's saying, hey, the leper and the ungratefulness, isn't it interesting, the parallel that we see here? And uh, I believe it's on, on purpose. I think there's a lot to learn from it uh, because here's what else I believe is in leprosy, uh, they would, and many of you probably know this if you've heard of it, they would lose feeling. They would lose sensation because their nerves are damaging. So they could be walking along and their leg would just break and they wouldn't know it. Or they'd break an arm. Essentially what happened, they built their lives in a way that they were unaware of the destruction that was happening in their life. 
How many of us, when we're so focused on keeping up with the Joneses, getting to the next thing, all I need is this, all I need is that, we're breaking ourselves, we're destroying ourselves, and we're unaware of the pain that we're causing as we chase things, right? Financial situations we put ourselves in that hurt us, or relationship situations we put, or business situations, we've done all of these things to try to get what we think we need while literally it's breaking us down. Isn't it interesting that Thanksgiving and the parallel here very much plays into how we live our life? And the hard part is, as Christians, we need to be aware that our culture is literally selling it to you. Oh, you have the Model 1? You can't believe you don't have Model 2. Oh, you have that one? That one's not good enough. You need this one. It's always telling us that you don't have something, you shouldn't be thankful because you don't have the newest, right? And that decays you, that tears you away. And so it's something we need to pay attention to as Christians. And of course, we know it as people. Uh, we know that uh, being having an attitude of gratitude, we know that's important. Uh, if I were to poll all of you and say, hey, what are some of the really important traits that you should have in your life? You'd be like, well, being someone who's thankful, being somebody who shows appreciation to others. I would say one of the most damaging things in a relationship is when somebody doesn't appreciate you, when you've given and you've sacrificed and it goes unnoticed. How many know that's one of the deeper pains, right? Why? Because it hurts when you go unnoticed. You feel worthless. You feel, And so we need to be people that are extending thanksgiving, because it tells people that they're worthy. It tells people that they matter to you. Amen? We literally train our kids. We understand. It's like 101 as a parent. Thanksgiving and gratitude is so important in our lives that what are literally some of the first things we teach our kid? To say thank you, right? Uh, Charlie, my little guy, he just, what, two weeks ago started saying thank you uh, for no reason. He's over Thanksgiving. He's like, says it too much. Everything's thank you. It's like, He'll pick up a toy for himself and tell himself, thank you, you know, like, and, uh, and it's so, but seriously, we went trick-or-treating with our kids, and uh, I'm telling you, as a parent, what do you guard against? What are you so serious about? As you walk them through life, you're making sure they say what? Thank you. Why? Because there's benefit in it. There's importance in it. It's important for us to be postured that way. I know that the Heavenly Father is saying the same thing to us. Hey, you got to walk through this life in a posture to make sure you say thank you about everything. Amen? I love that Maya Angelou, uh, she said, in, uh, this quote was referenced in our book, uh, Addicted to Busy. She said, when you know better, you do better. All of us would say we need to be thankful. All of us would say that we need to do it. But when you know better, we need to do better. It's something we need to practice, not just at Thanksgiving. Uh, there's this really popular phrase we say in Christianity called, uh, I'm blessed to be a blessing. Oh, I'm just so blessed to be a blessing. You know, I'm blessed, and then I want to bless you, and I'm so blessed to be a blessing. And that's fine, because that is God's design. But a lot of times... Uh, we do that in a real cliche, like I'm going to give you a little blessing because God's going to bless me, but really blessed to be a blessing if we're to pull it down from the, the core of, of where it came from and where it exists. It comes from this idea of I've been so blessed and I'm so thankful for that blessing in my life that I want to make sure others get to participate in this. This is a really terrible example, uh, but at a restaurant. You've gone to a restaurant for the first time. You've tried a new coffee drink for the first time, and you're so blessed by it, you want to go do what? Tell your friends. Oh, my gosh, it's so amazing. It's so new. you got to go try it. I've been blessed by it. I want to make sure you're blessed by it. Now, I realize that's a terrible analogy, but that's sort of where this happens. You've been blessed. It's something that's happened in your life, and you want to make sure somebody else experienced that same blessing. That's God's design in our heart 
and how we should interact with our communities and other people is like, look, I've been so blessed by God. I've been so, he set me free from this thing. I'm so thankful about it that you need to experience it. Blessed to be a blessing. Amen. We were at a, uh, we were at a um, uh, benefit dinner a couple weeks ago for Hand to Hand, which is a great ministry. Uh, there's a lot of kids that need food assistance during the week. And uh, when they go home on the weekend, they don't have food. They get the food at school. There's actually a story shared uh, where a young, the cops were called to a school because there was a little boy on the weekend trying to break into the school. And when the cops asked him what he was doing, he said, well, there's food here because he didn't have any at home. And so this really cool ministry has started uh, that literally churches like ours, and we participate in it, uh, we pack groceries. And when kids go home on the weekend, they have these bags that they get to take home and make sure that they have a meal. And so uh, we love it. We think it's amazing. I don't know why anyone wouldn't give significantly to it. It's an amazing thing. And uh, we're sitting at this dinner, and I'm sort of surveying the room. And there's about 350, 400 people there. And uh, this is me just talking out loud, judgmentally. And uh, I walked in with them, and, and, and I parked where they parked, and I saw the cars that they drove and, and, and uh, the clothes that they wore and sat at the tables and listened to their conversations, and, and uh, the night was great. And I'm sitting in the room thinking, this is going to be amazing. You know, this church is, or this ministry is doing great things, but it's only in 70 or 90 churches, I forget the exact number, uh, in our area, which 70 to 90 churches in our area is a really bad number for a ministry that's been going for uh, somebody could help me, but what are we saying? Five, six, seven years, Angel? How many? At least eight years. So it's been in our community eight years. It meets the needs of kids in the school. Uh, only 70 or you know, so uh, churches. So I'm looking at this and I'm thinking, it's got to be better. We can do better. I don't know why a church would even say no to this opportunity. And, uh, and so, I mean, so I'm just looking at the room and I'm surveying, and I'm thinking, man, this is going to be an amazing night. There's this many people here and you know, they're hearing about the thing. And then uh, a couple weeks later, uh, we, had, we had made a donation that night, and so we got a, a letter, and they said the amount of money that was raised that night. And I broke it all down, and I was kind of looking at everything. I thought, man, that's crazy. That's like less than somebody's cable bill per month. So you see the need, and your response is like, I'm sitting here blessed. I'm going to give less than a cable bill to this thing. And so I just remember going like, God, where is our heart of thanksgiving to be a blessing to others? We're so blessed. That night, my wife and I, I'm not, I'm not trying to put us on a pedestal and say all that, but I'm just telling you where my heart was that night. I sat there that night and I said, oh my gosh, I'm so glad. My kids will never have to wonder where their meal's going to come from. They're never going to have to try to break into a school to get food. I'm so blessed. And in that heartfelt moment of, oh, I'm so blessed, I don't have to, my heart of thanksgiving for living in that moment said, we have to do something significant because we need to make sure that other kids get to experience blessing. Are you with me? So the fact that I'm blessed created thanksgiving in me for wanting to bless somebody else. Does that make sense? That's the blessed to be in a blessing. If we live in this thanksgiving, we want to make sure somebody else gets to participate in that. Amen. Are you with me? And so I thought about those lepers. You know, one came back to the healer and said, thank you. And the other nine didn't. And there's weeks that we find ourselves with the other nine. We have all our blessing. We have all our stuff. We have all that God has done for us. And we may go time, and I'm not talking about, well, I pray before dinner. God, thank you for this food. 
I'm talking about in your heart. You're falling at the feet of Jesus saying, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for all that I have. I'm so blessed. Thank you, thank you, thank you. We gotta be a people who return to the master and say thank you for all that he's done for us, amen? I, we did this series a couple weeks or years ago in the first year of our church, which I heard a commercial that Walgreens, uh, Walgreens is saying thanks for giving on all their radio commercials. So we're gonna sue them bigly and it's gonna be awesome around here pretty soon. And uh, I'm kidding, we're not gonna sue anybody, everybody. It's take, but uh, we did this series called Thanks for Giving, and uh, our biggest tagline in that was this, hey, we've moved past blessed. We've moved past blessed, we're all spoiled. I mean, we are so, as Americans, no matter how you feel about the current conditions, we're so blessed as Americans to have what we have, all of the luxury, all of the extra, all of the things that we have. We've moved way past blessed, and we're spoiled. I thought about, literally, just think about your week. I don't know what your week was, I don't know what you did, but I just begin to think about my week. I, this week in America, went to a restaurant and they served me unlimited chips and salsa. I just went there for no reason. Well, I went there for a reason, but I went there and sat down and for no reason, they just started bringing me unlimited amounts of chips and salsa. The amount of food that my one and a half year old left on just the floor of that restaurant, how many of you have young kids, is a amount of food that somebody somewhere is desiring to just eat in a day or in a week and we leave it on the floor here, right? My week looked like that. I thought about this literally uh, in countries, and this is a little gross, but hang with me. There are countries that don't have access to clean energy. They don't have access to ways of heating things and, and staying warm, that there's literally people who take cow manure and compress it and dry it out, and then literally take it and light it on fire to be the thing that heats their meals and heats their skillets and heats their things. So think about that idea. Have you ever watched TV and you're eating and you saw something gross and you're like, I can't eat anymore, I'm done. Imagine making a meal over manure and then trying to eat it, right? This is happening today all over the place. There's, I mean, you can go look it up. I watched a National Geographic documentary about it just a couple weeks ago. And that's what they need for clean energy is that's how they have to live. Listen, your bad days are, day, are some people's days they're dreaming of. Your bad days, some of your worst days, your most frustrated, angry, anxious days are days that somebody somewhere is dreaming to have. We have to find Thanksgiving in our heart. Uh, they said on social media in America, 73% of social media posts are negative or have negative sarcastic tones to it in America. 73% of what we post, we feel the need from our heart to go on and let somebody know how we feel negative about something in the most blessed country in the world. We take all this energy to go let somebody know how unthankful we are for stuff. Amen? Well, but the car broke down. Yeah, but you have a car that breaks down. You have a car that can break down. You're so blessed. You're past blessed. You're spoiled. Well, you know, family's coming and I have to clean the whole house this week. You have a whole house that you have to clean. You're past blessed. You're spoiled. Well, the kids, you know, we got to pick up all their toys and they never do anything. Your kids have toys that take you a long time to pick up. You're past spoiled. You're past blessed. You're spoiled. Well, the kids never eat dinner. Well, your kids have dinner to never eat. Think about it. You get frustrated. I'm the first one in line to be like, why don't they ever eat their dinner? And I get in bad moods and I get angry and we do all the tricks and we do because they don't eat their dinner. 
But if I could just pull back and say, my kids have the ability, the option to leave food on their plate. Why? Because we're past blessed. We're so spoiled. Amen. I thought about this. I was at the car dealer and I caught myself saying this a couple weeks ago when we were uh, working on our car stuff. I said to the dealer, I said, it's really important to me uh, that we get these types of floor rugs. So in my life, a value to me that was really important, like something on my radar in my life that I said was important to me was that my carpet had more carpet in my car, right? Think about that. Uh, Our car salesman sold us a car that has a heated steering wheel. Now that's Jess's car. That's not my car. I wouldn't, I mean, I'm more grateful than needing all that stuff. Just kidding, I'm messing, I'm messing. <laughs> Does it have a heated steering wheel? Oh, yeah. You know what I, you know what I said this morning? She, we, so we went on this whole financial plan, and we sold both our cars, and we did one car for a while and did all this stuff, and so finally was the day we get to get cars. And so her first car, which I'm resisting a really funny story because she told me I couldn't tell it. But uh, anyway, it's our first day, and she, she's been great, so great. Uh, I'll say this gently. Uh, patience might, might not be at the top of her skill level. Uh, she, everything else is amazing except for maybe that part a little bit. And so she's been waiting quite a while for this. And so we got this car and I brought it home and, and, um, and so I had it in the thing. Well, I leave much earlier than her. Like I I like to get up here uh, really a little bit before six on a Sunday and stuff. And so I was like, what if I took her car in the morning? (laughs) Like, what if, what if I took her heated steering wheel and took the but I'm still alive right now, so I didn't do it, right? Are you with me? Like I didn't. But, but uh, think about this. I said all of that in exaggeration to say this. Our heated environment in our car, which people don't have the privilege, there's millions of people that don't have the privilege of being able to control their environments. Our heated environment has heated elements, it's not enough just to have a warm car. We have to warm up the things in the car because we're so past blessed, we're ridiculously spoiled. And yet culture is telling us we shouldn't be thankful. We should look for more. We should keep up with the Joneses. We should, and that is not God's design in our heart. I thought about my life this week as the wind started going crazy and blowing things around. I admit to you that I got in a bad mood because it was so windy and I wasn't ready for wet winter and all that stuff. Some of you are already thinking what I know you're thinking. He said he wasn't ready for winter, but his Christmas decorations have been up for two weeks. That's because I put the Lord first in my home, but we'll talk about that later. But the wind's blowing, and so now the kids' toys are all over the yard. You know, the little, uh, little tykes cars taking off down the grass, and this is blowing around. And, 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 and we're going out in places and mad. Got to go out there and get all my blessings and put them in the shed because our toys have their own home. Then I had to go get other things and gather those up and put those in the garage because our cars have their own homes. Are you tracking with me? And I let myself get in a bad mood about those. My Michigan flag that blows got caught in my Christmas lights. That's a big deal, somebody. Okay, Robert, thank you. He says amen because we literally wasted time complaining together about it. I was like, dude, my flag. And I'm very superstitious and Michigan's having a good season and I considered taking it down and I didn't. And hours later, Robert was like, thinking about taking this flag down. What do you think? I'm like, don't. I rebuked him. I went over there with anointing oil and, you know, cast the devils out. 
but literally let myself get in bad moods that all my blessings were getting tangled up on my home that I'm so blessed to have. Come on, people. We have to keep Thanksgiving in our hearts, not just during one week of the year. We're so blessed, we're spoiled, amen? Scripture talks about it like this way. In Psalm 90, verse 12, Moses actually writes this one, and he says, teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Let me say it to you like this. Maybe the reason he's telling us to, t- to number our days, to pay attention to our days on a daily basis is because that we might gain a heart of wisdom or a heart of understanding or an understanding of the value of each day that we've just lived. If we pay attention to every single day, at the end of the day, we take a look at the day that we just numbered and we go, wow, look how lucky I am. Look how blessed I am. Look how spoiled I am because I'm taking the time to number every day that God has given to me. Amen? But our culture is always trying to get us to go faster and go forward and push through. Gandhi has this statement in the addicted. They put it in the addicted to busy book. It says this, there is more to life than increasing its speed. We got to stop just trying to do more and go faster and get ahead and do more. I actually like more what Moses is saying. Hey, let's be people who pull back and pay attention to every day that we've been given because every day is full of a lot of things that we could be thankful for. Amen? Romans 121 says, although they knew God, they did not glorify him as God. Neither were they thankful, but they became futile in their thoughts and their foolish hearts darkened. It's saying, look, if you want to live a way that you're unthankful, you're going to have foolish thoughts. Your hearts are going to darken. One translation of it says, hey, when you live a life that's unthankful, even though you knew God and you don't think of, and you don't glorify him as God, and you're not thankful, that word futile meant having no useful result. When you live a life ungrateful and unthankful, and you're just on that rat wheel of trying to get to the next, your life at the end of it is going to end up having no useful result. Amen? 1 Thessalonians 5.18, the message version, gives you this promise. 1 Thessalonians 5.16-18. It says, be cheerful no matter what. Pray all the time. Thank God no matter what happens. This is the way God wants you who belong to Christ Jesus to live. The way that he wants you to live, it didn't say all this times of worship, all this times of reading the Bible, and it instructs you to do that stuff later. But literally in this, a way that you belong to Christ Jesus and the way to live is to be somebody who lives in thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is not a week, it's a lifestyle that we live out. Why? Because it's instructed in the way that Christ calls us to live. Amen? We're so blessed, and we take that blessing and we give thanks for it, and we say, hey, how can we get others to participate in this? I'm blessed to be a blessing. When you live in a place of thanksgiving, you realize everything you have has been given to you. It makes it a lot easier to make sure we can give it to somebody else. Amen? So I want to put this into practice. I want to put this into play. Uh, If you would all give it up for uh, Lisa over here. Give it up for her as she comes forward. She's with a ministry called Hope Packages. And she is a person who's taken her blessing and said, hey, how do we turn this to somebody else? And uh, what's really cool is uh, her ministry, if you, you've heard me share in the We Church series, uh, it works like this. Uh, there's times when in the foster care system, uh, a child is transferred in a crisis situation. Most of the time they show up without their favorite blanket, without their cup without the things that really help them feel secure. So now they've shown up in a crisis situation that they're unfamiliar with and they don't have things that help bring them peace. Maybe they don't have clothes. Maybe they don't have the things that they need, toothbrushes, toothpaste, all of those things that we take for granted. 
all of the things that we argue with our kids to do, go brush your teeth, go to the thing, they don't even have it. And so now they're in this situation of transition. And this ministry is so amazing because it says, hey, that's not okay. That's not okay that kids could show up and not have what they need. And so her call and mission in her life has been to create this ministry called Hope Packages. You can find some of the information there. But for $35, you can put together a backpack that when her ministry gets word uh, of a uh, child uh, being transferred in the foster care system, she can show up there with a bag and say, hey, we love you. God loves you. Here's some things to just help you feel comfortable. How many know that God can use those things to literally heal a heart? You know, there's literal scripture uh, where literally uh, they passed items from the disciples, and it healed other people, handkerchiefs and things like that. I believe God can put his hand on a blankie or a bottle or a sippy cup, and he can bring healing to a little kid. Amen? But what it takes is it takes us to be the people that say, we're so blessed. Most of our kids aren't going to face that type of experience, and we're so thankful about that that we want to make sure other kids don't have to face a traumatic situation like that. And so what we're going to do is right here when we release you, she has a table just in the hallway. And for $35, all these bags are age appropriate. So if she hears of a 2T sized kid uh, or whatever the age range is, I don't know. Uh, I always try to address my son and Jess is like, that's for when he's like eight. <laughs> and he's like dragging her. Well, it looks good to me. We rolled it up. <laughs> we rolled it up. But everything is age appropriate and gender appropriate and just really well thought out. And so for $35, you can go to that table and uh, you can help sponsor a backpack. You can literally provide one. And so you make your donation and $35 gets you one. I think that's a good place to start. Uh, but you can do whatever is on your heart to do. And uh, here's the thing. If we were to kind of take our net our area here, our region here, reach to Kalamazoo, reach a little bit more. Uh, there's about a thousand kids in the foster care system that could face this opportunity of arriving somewhere. And uh, how amazing would it be if when she gets the call, she says, oh yeah, my God has already supplied. Let's do our best. Let's take our blessing, be thankful for it and go turn that blessing on somebody else. Amen. Anything you want to share? All right, sounds good. Uh, I'm going to let you go out to the table. Give it up for her one more time. And then I encourage you this week, when you got to clean the house, be thankful you got a house to clean. When you got to whatever, deal with the family, you got a family to deal with. I realize there's a lot of hard situations that you face as the holidays come, but I think if we can turn our hearts toward Thanksgiving, I think you'd be able to see it a lot differently. Let's be like the leper who just comes back to Jesus. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. To where Jesus literally has to get up. He's like, I got you. I hear you. Go, be healed. Go on your way. You're healed. Amen? Let's pray. God, we love you so much. We're so grateful for who you are in our lives, Lord. We hear this word, and God, we don't want to just hear it. We want to be doers of it. And so, God, I just pray that as you activate people to go meet the need with hope packages, God, I pray that your Holy Spirit rests on every item that is uh, fundraised and packaged and donated. God, I thank you uh, that even these small beginnings with that ministry, God, you're going to grow great roots. You're going to make a difference. Lord, I thank you that it's a church ministry that's meeting the needs of community. God, I thank you it's going to be a light like a city on a hill that people won't turn to government or people won't turn to... Uh, the secular world for answers. God, these are the little things that are going to cause your face to shine on people. We thank you for it in Jesus' name.
Amen.